Oh, son of a nutcracker. Tyler, what happened? I just spilled my Dr. Pepper all over my hoodie. That's a shock. It's ruined. Oh, man. Well, you know what? I know where you can get an even sweeter hoodie. You do? You need to visit dadsmeatworld.threadless.com. You can get pullovers, zip-ups, sweatshirts, even long-sleeve t-shirts with our logo and even our faces on it. Wow, that's awesome. So I can just get shirts and that's alone and hoodies, right? That's it? Oh, no. There's stickers, there's magnets, there's phone cases, mugs, and more. What? Oh, yeah. How don't I know about this? Well, you were a little busy eating, so I didn't want to bother you earlier, but it's Dad's Meat World dot threadless dot com. I need to go there right now. Here's your chance to try a little harder. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, the only podcast on the World Wide Web that looks back at Boy Meets World episode by episode being hosted by two Midwestern white dads who look back and explore. I have no clue where I went with that train of thought, but I'm your first dad, Brett, and beside me <laughs> virtually <laughs> is my co-host. Uh, I'm Tyler. I'm the other dad. Uh, I'm, I'm the other dad meat. <laughs> yes, tonight it's dad meat, apparently. <laughs> But we are a podcast that's dedicated to looking back at a show we both love and uh, examining it as both of us are dads now. And if you've been living, listening to uh, the show for the first uh, 13 episodes thus far, you know that. If it's your first one, welcome aboard. Where have you been? We've missed you. Yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, mister or missus <laughs> or person. Oh, well. Somebody's in a sneaky mood. <laughs> Tyler, how you doing this week? Um, I don't know how to answer that. I feel like, you know, when you ask your wife a question and she responds and you go, I have to be very careful with what I say next. <laughs> Vast emotional damage. <laughs> That sounds about right. Uh, we just have a lot going on right now. It's a very busy time in the household. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll go with this. Um, so my son got a little eye gunkiness, maybe pink eye-ish. It was, it was kind of questionable. Uh, and normally our, our, our guy who uh, we, we would call to to, to find out uh, what they thought uh, was on vacation. So we had to wait for our primary doctor, which, you know, took a little longer than we wanted to. So he was out of school for a couple of days, but it was fine. But they gave us a prescription for a couple eye drops and it worked out really well. And it was cleared up really fast. Uh, but my wife ended up taking, taking a nap on on the same pillow that my son was using at one point. So now she has a little gunkiness in her eye. Now, the reason I bring this up is, does anyone recall the episode of Friends when Rachel was super difficult to put eye drops in her <laughs> eyeball and they couldn't understand why they're having such a difficult time with it to the point that they literally had to all fall on top of her in a very specific order in order to give the eye drop to her? Very clearly, I've, I've shown that uh, specific clip to my oldest because she's like Rachel. <laughs> so, so the mother of my children, the love of my life, the person I will do anything for 
is worse to give these eye drops to than my son. I'm I don't understand. <laughs> I, like, I've done it twice for her now where, I mean, my son, he'll roll and he'll move. And if I, if I can, if I can bring up the next, the right thing, you know, hey, piece of candy and you no know, a treat, you know, like I can or uh, he can play the game he wants to play. You know, I can always get him to do, you know, I can always find that thing. He'll go, OK, I'll sit still. He doesn't like like it, but he does it. My wife is like a fight every single time. And I'm like, I don't want to hurt you, but you're going to force me to hurt you. She's like, I'm sorry. And it's like, I don't understand. I've been putting contacts in my eye since I was 12 years old. Literally, you can almost poke me in the eyeball and I won't blink. But this woman just cannot do these eye drops. And I'm like, come on. So... Uh, for lack of better words, words uh, to my wife, my beautiful, lovely wife, I'm Tell sorry. Tell my mom I went out like a man. Uh, yeah, so when you're ready to hurt me from this, I fully understand. <sighs> but good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you, Brett? Or is anything else dramatic happening at your house? Um, nothing to that level. Um some good stuff. Uh, we're nearing the end of marching band season over here. And uh, my oldest is in marching band and uh, got to travel down to, uh, if you're a Big Ten fan, this will get you excited, down to Ohio State's stadium. Ohio oh. Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened to uh, uh, Penn State and Michigan during that game the past weekend? I don't know. I'm just anti-Ohio State. <laughs> you got trounced after going up 17-14. <laughs> Doesn't matter until playoff season now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I uh, went down to a marching band invitational, and uh, so she got to march out on uh, a college, big-time college field. We got to watch the whole band march, got to watch a bunch of other really uh, good competition and uh, festival class bands marching. They made some new fans in the stands around us. They were really impressed around us and uh, even got to stay after all the high school bands were done and see the uh, Ohio State marching band uh, put on one of their halftime shows for us. So that was a lot of fun. And of course, if you're familiar with Ohio State, they've got the whole big rivalry with that state up north, Michigan. So the show was Shrek, and uh, they had to rescue Fiona from Lord Mquad. So the Michigan flag was his standard. So the Michigan st mm -hmm. uh, flag got ripped and torn and shredded mm -hmm. many times throughout the show. <laughs> I say there is a really great documentary about. Uh, the rivalry between Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, it's very fascinating. I think it's on HBO Max. Uh, I watched it years ago. But um, just in fairness, it is incredible to watch a, for lack of a word, a professional band like most of these colleges really are just mm -hmm. do these formations and the way they move and how smooth it is. It is so impressive. Oh yeah. So it it's really a big is. Deal. Yeah. It, it really is very impressive. And it's, it honestly is the first time I've been able to see them up close. You know, you've seen the YouTube clips, you've seen the shots at halftime every now and then on ESPN, but it's the first time I've been able to see them in person. That was really, really uh, a very cool weekend for us. 
And fun fact, you know, I had a, a buddy of mine who went to school with me and he was on the marching band and he would get paid for his time doing marching band and the football team that put more time in did not. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't even get scholarships. Yeah. Well, when you're in the NAIA initially. <laughs> well, enough talk about the A team of life. Let's look at the B team of life. How do you like do that we, segue? Do we, do we have to? Yes, we do, Tyler. We're going to look at the okay. 14th episode of the first season, The B-Team of Life. This is the episode where Corey is put on the second string in basketball and starts to think everyone around isn't paying attention to him. This episode was written by Jeff Minnell, directed by David Trainer. And uh, originally aired January 28th, 1994. Now, keep that date in mind. It'll come back a little bit later. I'll, I'll point to that a little later. And it currently share, holds an IMDb rating of 7.3. A little bit of a dip from our last episode. Now, Tyler, this is uh, one of your favorites from the first season, isn't it? No. <laughs> Let the record show Tyler uh, moved toward his microphone as if he was sitting before a congressional board. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, your honor. I do not like this episode. I well, I will say um, this has never been high on my list of uh, episodes. But as I was nearing the end of it, uh, there were some parts that really started to coalesce for me and I, I think I got more out of it this time than I normally do so let's dive in we open the episode with Corey Sean and friend we've never seen before and will never see again Harris all in the hall thank you for your service uh, Harris that's right Always gonna get it out of the way our three-star <laughs> salute all in the hall observing the list of basketball team being posted, the sixth grade basketball team being posted, determining the pecking order for the newly minted jocks at John uh, uh, what, did, did, Jefferson, what, Jefferson Elementary. Elementary School. That's right. Uh, Harris is played by, he has like the coolest name, by the way, Ahmad Stoner. That is an awesome name. It is just an awesome name. 23 acting credits to his name. He hasn't been seen in front of a camera since 2002. He's been a producer behind the camera uh, since then a little bit. The only time we'll ever see him in Boy Meets World, he portrayed the character No Nap in Hook. He was one of the Lost Boys. He also showed up in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air twice. Sister, Sister, Roseanne, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and a handful of other shows. As you were reading that list, I was like, oh yeah, he is in uh, Hook. And Hook's such a good movie. <gasps> Does that mean we could do Hook potentially for our Patreon uh, activities? Someday. <laughs> yes. Put it up on the board. <laughs> yes. I need to write that down. Now let me ask you this, Tyler. Based on... Corey's uh, documented athletic prowess at Little League. Aside from the Christmas episode where he and Sean are drooling over a genuine imitation, a genuine imitation leather basketball. 
or no, genuine leather basketball with imitation nylon net. Mm -hmm. When have we seen any interest in basketball from the boys? Keeping in mind, we've seen all kinds of interest in the Phillies, Mm -hmm. but they live in Philly where there is an NBA team. There's the 76ers there. Yeah, there's been zero mention whatsoever of the Sixers. I've seen them where... I think he's worn maybe a football jersey. I know he's worn a, 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 a hockey jersey. Sean had an Eagles cap in one episode. That's right. Yes. So I don't think I've seen anything Sixers related. It's mostly been Phillies. It's been <laughs> Phillies, Phillies, Phillies nonstop. Now, I will say, I think the show gets more balanced as time goes on. And they do make it more clear of, you know, we are in Philly and they reference all of the sports teams and whatnot. But yeah, I feel like in the first, I don't know, 13 episodes, it's been nonstop Phillies, except for the short time when we forgot to mention that Corey was wearing a Mighty Ducks uh, jersey, <laughs> which is clearly a Disney plug that uh, I'm glad we forgot all about. Yeah, they get enough money on their own. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, no mention of the Phillies whatsoever. And at this time, one of the most famous basketball players had played and just recently retired in in, uh, Dr. J. Like, Corey would have grown up knowing who Dr. J was and would mm-hmm. do, would he and his friends, being in Philadelphia, would want to do the things that Dr. J did. Mm-hmm. And nothing. I don't know. Well, the boys seem to have very high opinion of their skills. So let's... Uh, I, uh, real quick, one last thing I want to say is in the Christmas episode, they do establish that A, they love basketball, but Sean is a much better basketball player than Corey. Very true. So let's hear uh, what the boys think of their own skills. What do you think is worse? Second string or not making the team? Second string. What do you think is worse? Second string or falling out of an airplane and landing on the Empire State Building on your eye? If you make second string, you still have to sit in the bench in front of everyone. The uniform's always clean, and you always get a high number like 867. Not something any of us have to worry about, however. We're not second string bench-warming B-team guys. Corey is very confident. Oh, I, I would go so far as to say Corey is arrogant. He's blown past Ew. cocky. He's arrogant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so Corey is definitely ready to be taken down a few pegs. And so mm-hmm. the list is posted. Coach walks away and the boys decide, you know, just to make sure that they spelled their names right or whatever. They're going to check. Sean goes up. Checks. Surprise Rama. Hunter comma Sean is a team. Harris goes up. Checks. Of course, Hair Harris. Or Air Harris. There we go. Yeah. He likes it. He's going to have to cut his fa- or his uh, high top, his flat top, mm-hmm. which I don't think he should. I like it. I like it, too. And uh, Corey, of course, is going to go up. He checks. They spelled A with a B. But No. Corey is on the B team, and it's not a it's not a typo. It's written by hand. Mm-hmm. Corey has made the B team of the sixth grade basketball team. <laughs> yep, he truly is the bottom. Which, by the way, so did Minkus. Yeah, so did Minkus, and Minkus was so proud of himself. He's gonna go tell his dad. He's excited. That's awesome. Now, Brett, um. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't really have much experience in like rec sports and playing for teams and whatnot, like for your schools, right? Other than like uh, soccer? not for schools, I, 
I had recreational league experience uh, many years in soccer, one year in wrestling, one year in basketball. And beyond that, it was not until college years. Right. So, like, I just, I remember as a kid, like, at his age, we didn't have, quote unquote, the A team and the B team. We just had a team. <laughs> and there was like nine or ten of us, depending upon who showed up. And, you know, we just we all played. We all got opportunities. Some mm-hmm. of us started more than others, but it was never made to be like this ginormous thing. And at no point did our coaches, like, not for basketball, at least, did they ever, like, put up, like, these are who is starting and who is not. It was just, hey, you are the guys who will be starting today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you didn't go to this uh, suburban slash inner city Philadelphia school that uh, is somewhat strapped for resources. (laughs) But... How many kids are actually on the A team? That's my question right now. Because the way they make it seem is if later on in the episode, when Corey gets to play, because three other players fouled out, like... Clearly, if three of them can foul out and you need to throw a body in, you can't have more than, what, seven on the A team? Right, right. And that's the thing, is like, so what's the point of just to have one team and then... But then we would have no story. I know, but it's and, just, I and think this Minkus is, would be on the 18. For, for lack of better wording, this is what <laughs> frustrates me when it comes to these nerdy writers in Hollywood <laughs> who have no idea what happens in sports. It's the thing that drives me crazy when I watch high school football on random TV shows. Like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but we're, let's go there. Glee. Okay? There's an episode where they're in the state championship <laughs> and flipping random people are in the game who have never played on the team before. That's illegal. Okay, first question, why are you watching Glee? (laughs) Second question, why are you watching Glee for football? Third question, why are you watching Glee for football when there's shows like Friday Night Lights out there? (laughs) Even Friday Night Lights drives me crazy as well. Um, No, I'm just saying that it drives me crazy when people that didn't play a sport try to write a random episode about it. And clearly... The people that wrote this episode know nothing about the thing they're writing about. And nor did their target audience, though. (laughs) Probably. Uh, Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? (laughs) Clearly not me. Clearly it's not me, Brett. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we left that uh, soapbox over at your place last week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, my bad. I'm, oh, boy. I'm going to have a lot of soapboxes in this episode. Just, oh, yeah. just uh, let's just get the floor ready. I'm going to be slipping and sliding all episode. Okay. <laughs> well, Sean and Harris are uh, very quick to let Corey know there's nothing wrong with the B team. It's not going to change anything. You're not going to lose your friends. They're just going to take his ball and run away and leave him all by himself as the hey. theme song plays. It's nothing like when you changed your hair and then we didn't like you anymore. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) So we come back. Act one, Mr. Feeney's giving a demonstration in class. He's teaching about evolution of the human form. Different stages of human evolution. Uh, He's got Minkus. He's got some unnamed girl that uh, wasn't even credited on IMDb. Hmm. And he's got Sean. And uh, he's using Minkus clearly as the... 
example for Homo sapien. Homo mm-hmm. sapien. And was known for a mother who labels his underwear. <laughs> At least I have more than one pair. <laughs> Minkus is, yeah, for as nerdy as Minkus is, he's quick with the retort. He is, but also I feel like a lot of times he goes back to the well of your poor. And I'm amazed that Sean hasn't knocked him out yet. Yeah, well, we'll have to go into explore that one of these days. But yeah, I mean, it's fertile ground for him. That's true. And if Mr. Feeney wants to have the class explore a little more, and Minkus is the only one who is willing to answer, so take it away, Mr. Minkus. Shares the answer that Mr. Feeney wants. And then, in what can only be described as, I don't know, Hollywood comedic timing, we get a little... uh, humor in Mr. Feeney's... Uh, I'm not even sure what class this is. Science? Biology? We were waiting for the lowest form of life to crawl out of the slime. From here. <laughs> what? Mr. Feeney was just talking about you. Uh, of course, you know, it, it's very sitcom. Yes, Corey walks in at the most opportune time after talking with the coach, but... I feel like a lot of times this would just be played off as a joke for the audience to get. But the whole class very much enjoys this joke. And Corey mm-hmm. realizes he's uh, the butt of a joke, but doesn't yep. know what the joke was. And Sean had just given it to him. <laughs> yeah, he's instantaneously the butt of the joke. And he's aware that he has been made fun of. Oh, yes. And... I, I like that they recognize that this is an amusing moment within the classroom. And Corey sits down, lets Sean know that, uh, yeah, it wasn't a mistake. He's B-team. Minkus wants to know, did you let your dad know? And Corey says, no, I like my dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the bell rings. And Corey is, well, he's... Sharing his heart with Mr. Feeney about uh, that he's just not happy. And mm-hmm. Mr. Feeney's trying to help him. Uh, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's trying to help him that Minkus is, is happy where he's at. And that, but Minkus is the Alvin Einstein of, <laughs> he's the next Alvin yes. Einstein. Alvin Einstein. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> yes. Uh, so real quick, as we're bringing up Alvin Einstein, <laughs> uh, I do have just a, a little deep dive on him. All right. I didn't, I didn't know get if that. You, I wasn't able to get it right. clicked. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and drop people, it in people, post. People. But, uh, <laughs> I was not able to get clipped before. No, Hal, that's okay. But I'm going to try to drop right. it in post. <laughs> Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? I uh, I was like, that is a really good one. My son's really smart. He is. Uh, so Albert Einstein, actual name Albert, not Al- Alvin. Although when I was researching, I did write Al- Alfred at one point. I was like, oh my gosh, my brain. So <laughs> Albert Einstein, famous scientist, born in March uh, 1879, passed away April 1955. Most famously discovered the uh, 
theory of relativity and the theories of uh, quantum mechanics and won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1921. He apparently had a tendency when he was in university to study kind of much more advanced subjects on his own, so much so he really stopped going to class and really wasn't paying attention to much stuff with his actual academics. His professors kind of understood that, and that's why he kind of went along and they knew he was intelligent. But when he was asking for recommendations and trying to apply to become an academic himself, he got turned down for every single job. Because he was unreliable. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Historically, I know from the being a 90s baby, quite often you hear people say like, well, I'm no Albert Einstein. Like, you know, it's almost like this this pinnacle of intelligence that you think of for, for Einstein. It really is the go-to. And even for a famous show like The Big Bang Theory, you know, characters like uh, Sheldon Cooper really look up to him. Mm-hmm. At this point, this is where you should add, and Einstein was a member there. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Einstein? was a member there. It's beautiful. Yeah, and Albert Einstein was a member there. It's close. And Albert Einstein was a member there. And Albert Einstein was a member there. I do have stuff about uh, Charles Darwin, but we talk about him multiple times this episode, so I can wait till the end. So Corey's attempting to explain to Mr. Feeney that being a second string really is pointless and he's just wasting his time and he contemplates quitting out loud. And to mm-hmm. his surprise, Mr. Feeney actually agrees with him. And mm-hmm. I really like the, the tactic that Mr. Feeney takes here. I agree. What? Mr. Matthews, the lesson that you missed today was on natural selection. Nature has already made a selection for you. And as far as basketball is concerned, you are the dodo bird. <laughs> Mr. Feeney, but that Darwin didn't know diddly about sports. Oh, I believe he did. Survival of the fittest, Mr. Matthews, in sports, the weak are weeded out. Only the strong survive. Hold it. Hold it. Are you saying I'm weak? Did you make the first string? No, but maybe that's just the coach's way of telling me to evolve. Maybe I'm supposed to crawl my way out of the slime of second string and slither up to first string. Look out, Mr. Feeney. I'm a species on the move. (laughs) It's so simple. (laughs) But, you know, in, in fairness to this conversation, um, Corey gives up on sports. Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't in the next season, he really doesn't take sports serious. He at no point makes an effort to join a sports team. It is almost (laughs) like he decides that, you know, I like watching it, but do I need to play it? Not really. You know, not in an organized sense. Mm -hmm. He discovered girls. Yeah. And uh, I find it. In 30 seconds, now granted, Mr. Feeney has a much different relationship with Corey than Coach does. But Mm -hmm. in 30 seconds, Mr. Feeney has done a far more impressive job of motivating this player than the coach did. Well, we we don't get a a chance to actually see him interact with a coach. Oh, no. We don't even get a scene of them being, you know... At practice, so <laughs> we don't even know how good he actually is or is not. It's just all based on what is said. Yep. So, honestly, there's a probably strong chance that the coach even said to him, hey, keep improving, keep trying, go home, try to shoot some more hoops, you know, like, work on your fundamentals, and maybe there's a chance you'll get, you know, an opportunity. 
That's possible. Very, very possible. Very likely. If all he heard was, no, you are second string for right now, then he's just walking away going, I guess I'm just second string now. Mm -hmm. But here, Mr. Feeney challenges and inspires Corey by meeting him where he is Mm -hmm. and lets him take the reins. So we transition to Corey and Eric's bedroom. Eric is... uh, I love this scene so much. Oh, yes. He's uh, getting some bicep curls in on the bed. And Corey, uh, you know, he's Eric's going through a tough time and he's going to be a whole different Eric in 90 days. But Corey wants his old Eric, the Eric that's the best basketball player in the world. Not the best anything. I'm scum. Why is Eric scum? Tyler, why is Eric scum? Well, you see, Brett, what happens when you're a teenage boy is this you, you, you get focused on a thing called girls. And, <laughs> and apparently when you go after seniors, they only like you if you have a car or if you spend all your money. Mm-hmm. And Eric's only a sophomore. <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, yes. Did you catch which girl dumped Eric? Yeah, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> to which, let's just open this soapbox now, Brett. I'd like to know when this episode was written, where this episode was supposed to take place in the timeline, because we haven't seen Heather in flipping weeks on this television show. Like, I've actually got an answer for that. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, this episode was aired out of order. Now, we're 14 episodes in, and the first clue is the fact that a scene that takes place later on actually has been in the opening credits the entire run of the series. Corey's jumping up on the couch in his uh, basketball uniform. Mm-hmm. 14 episodes deep, that would not have been in the in the opening credits from the beginning. I went to the production codes, mm-hmm. and according to the production codes... This was filmed between Father Knows Less and Corey's Alternative Friends. That makes sense. So even before Sean and uh, I'm forgetting which friend in the death chair, probably Ellis, leave Corey when his hair becomes a helmet, a hairment. But yeah, just just for fun. Here, according to production code, uh, here's the first handful. Uh, we've got the pilot, followed by Killer Bees, followed by On the Fence, Father Knows Less, The B Team of Life, Corey's Alternative Friends, Boys to Mensa, The Father-Son Game, Grandma Was a Rolling Stone, Teacher's Bet, Class Pre-Union, Santa's Little Helper. Now, but, th- okay, so that makes sense. Because the way everything is happening, it looks like it's more of a fall time period. Mm-hmm. Why Corey, as a teenage boy, would just be like, I'm just wearing my shorts and my hoodie. And why Alan would be walking around in a jacket because, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, what <laughs> it was bothering me in my brain today. Because I was like, you cannot tell me that this is happening. Like, 
February. <laughs> like, it's not possible. February is not a warm month in Pennsylvania. I don't care what part of Pennsylvania we're in. It'd be gross outside. There'd be chaos outside. You could not get away with this. And basketball season is over in before February. <laughs> what type of chaos are we living in, people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's your answer for your soapbox. <laughs> so so here's the question then for our dad's meat world, making sense of the world of boy meets world world. Say that five times fast. That's a lot of worlds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so do in our head canon, should we place this in between episodes three and four? Because the way that everybody's acting, it would make sense for that in the timeline of the way that Eric acts and the way that Sean acts, because they're acting more the stereotypical versions of themselves, not actually the characters that we knew in the past two episodes. Oh, I would say yes. For the sake of the podcast, we're just going to follow air date order. But for the sake of headcanon, I'm going to stick with this production order idea because that's when they were written. That's when they were produced. That's when they were intended to be told. That's when the story was intended to be rolled out. So in my headcanon, that's when it happened. (laughs) That might even seem to that might even fix some of your questions you had about the uh, uh, the carnival a couple weeks back too. Was it saying that it was supposed to air before Christmas and all that jazz? Like what? I'm sorry, I, I wasn't fully paying attention to the order that you were giving. Um, let's see. Grandma was a Rolling Stone would have been the ninth episode in the original production order. So it would have fallen on the episode before the Christmas episode. Yeah. Instead of two episodes before. Or no, instead of three episodes before. I mean, the problem is it airs in November. And again, (laughs) I understand that they're... For every single television show, they want it to feel like it could happen at any any town... Or any town USA, and they just kind of chose Philadelphia for who, whatever knows reason. Uh, <laughs> I think it was just to give it a different vibe. But like, I mean, it, it, you know, in this time period, you had Family Matters in Chicago, you had Full House in San Francisco. So mm-hmm. I think you know Disney probably wanted to have you know these different some markets. East Coast representation, right? But but again, though, like. With each of those shows, like Family Matters would have quite often, even in the beginning, where they would make it clear of when it would be cold because people would be wearing their jackets because it gets cold in Chicago and it gets cold in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It just I, it, I I know they get better about this. I, I know they do. I know they do. I know it, but it's just, it bothers, it boggles my mind right now, Brett. It boggles my mind. Yeah, I get you. Well, let's not spend too much more mental energy on that. And that's a, that's a great call. <laughs> we'll get back into uh, Eric's workout because every girl has dumped him because he's not a senior. He is a sophomore. <laughs> You're scum! You're scum! You're scum! And for good measure. You're scum! <laughs> 
Corey, Corey is starting to get the feeling like he's not getting enough attention, and you know, Eric reaffirms that it's not always about you, Eric, about you, Cor. So he trains us to the living room. Clearly, we've had a transition to, I'm guessing, and a new day. Uh, Amy's pinning a dress for Morgan, who's going to be the best dressed princess in a class play, I guess. Mm-hmm. Corey walks in the door in his wrestling singlet. Or I said wrestling singlet <laughs> for some reason. I think I was jumping ahead by a season or two. Yeah. Uh, that uh, his, W is really confusing. Yeah. His... Uh, <laughs> His basketball uniform and a hoodie. No interviews, please. No interviews, please. Uh, you know, no one really, no one went to his game. So, you know, no one knows yet that he's on the B team. It's a secret. Yeah, which let's, let's, can we backtrack for just two seconds? Oh, yeah. Alan and Amy Matthews, two of the most supportive parents that we've ever had on television, didn't go to a basketball game. I can buy that one of them missed it. Right. Because they both, that they both work. It's at the time of day he's walking in. It was clearly during an afternoon. Right. Like so after I, school. I, I can buy that one of them had an excuse. But right. up to this point, and, we've seen very involved parents. Right. And, you know, even reflecting on my own parents, like we literally had the same dynamic of older brother obsessed with girls me being obsessed with sports but not being very good at them and my sister being tagged along to places either my mom or my dad was at every single game and if they weren't at a game they told me ahead of time i'm not going to be able to be there Mm -hmm. and very rarely did that happen like i could probably count on my hand if i really tried when one or both like when when both of them were not there Mm -hmm. yeah even even for intramural sport, I played intramural soccer for years. Uh, I mean, even when it was myself and my brother uh, having games at the same time, they found ways for at least one of them to be at the field to watch. I get it. It's TV. They need some sort of drama. Yeah. And, and we need to get to the Corey is neglected and no one pays attention to him. And. Is it time for me to get on my soapbox about the middle childness? Uh, not yet. Let's let's hold All off right. on that one for just <laughs> a little bit. All right. <laughs> we, we, get, we get a little snark back and forth uh, between uh, Corey and, uh, and Morgan. Somebody's in a sneaky mood. Amy doesn't have time to hear about Corey's game because Morgan's kind of going a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Alan comes in. He sees Corey's not feeling well. I, I really, really liked that he recognized that right away. Asks if Amy shared why he hadn't made the game. Uh, he does. He has a very valid work-related reason. We don't hear what it is, but he started to explain. But even though he had that reason, he you know, he wants to hear everything, and he's invested and he wants Corey to make the game come alive for him. Even though he wasn't there, he wants to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Then Eric comes in the door and interrupts Corey before he can tell Alan news, asking for thirty-six grand for a Corvette. Yes. And we get all of this back and forth and all of this drama that's diverting Alan's attention. And, uh, and I, I have to go off on my own, not, a, not so much a tangent here, but... I've had this happen a lot of times in my own house where I'll be having a conversation with one of my kids and Abby hates to be interrupted. 
mm-hmm. when she's talking to me and someone will come up and, and I, I, I've got to be very conscious to, to keep that conversation focused. And, and I'm very, I'm very deliberate to make sure that my attention stays focused because that is who I'm giving my attention to. I want her to keep my attention. That's where I've given it to in that moment. Asher cannot stand when there are other conversations in the room that go on when he's trying to have a kind. They don't even have to be. They're not even (laughs) overlapping conversations. It's a completely different one, but he can't Mm -hmm. stand with her. So this moment was very, very real for me (laughs) to Mm -hmm. see Corey. I see my kids in Corey in this moment. And this is where he busts out the tall tale. And I, I, I had to have his tall tale here for us. Wildcats are down two points with only a minute left in the game. The ball inbounds. He flies down the court to take the pass. He shoots. He scores. It's a tie game. super slow motion as the crowd goes deathly silent and then swish nothing but net the crowd goes i win the game that's incredible can't believe i missed it you're such a hero core no i'm not you know why i didn't even get to play i just made all that stuff up so this is how he chooses to come clean about not being on the a team and just being a bench sitter and our bench warmer. And we find out that even though mom didn't know, dad didn't know, Corey told mm-hmm. Eric, well, why didn't Eric tell Alan? He's supposed to tell them that's why they sleep in the same room. <laughs> you see, I'm trying to spill my guts out and you guys are having a family meeting. This is why I have to make up a whole exciting life to get any attention. Oh, Corey, that isn't true. Yes, it is. You spend half your day with Eric at the store and the rest of the time you're talking about his pathetic love life. Hey. And you're all for her. And I mean, I get it that she's the baby of the family and all, but Corey. you know, being second string in basketball was hard enough, but I'm only on the second string in my own family. That's when we go to commercial break, and that's where we go to your soapbox for middle child. So I'm going to preference everything I'm about to say with, I have amazing parents who are nothing but supportive and love me deeply. Mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for everything they did and continue to do for me. However, <laughs> I understand because I think whoever was writing these moments for Corey understands what it feels like to be a middle child. And you they don't have a whole lot of time to really get into his feelings. So he just kind of blurts them all out. You know, I mean, we, we have seen that. He has moments with his dad. He has moments with his mom. It's not that he doesn't get these times with them. I think in his eyes, he only ever sees his brother and his sister getting the attention that he thinks he should also get in equal parts. And so (laughs) what probably bothers me the most about this moment of him (laughs) 
doing this is probably as a middle child, I've done similar things that I probably, if I thought about, am not proud of whatsoever <laughs> because I probably <laughs> acted out in ways thinking, if I don't do this, then no one will see me. I am invisible. <laughs> my brother did work for my dad. And so they would get those times together and I'd always see the way that they would interact. And I go, well, why can't I get that time with my dad? I would get time with him in our way, but I go, but this is the way you get that time with him. And when is my turn to get that time with him? And, you know, my mom would have to drag my sister everywhere trying to keep up with my brother and I. But on the same token, all I would see is, well, mom is just constantly with Rachel and they're always doing stuff together and they're always spending time giggling and laughing. And, you know, how come mm -hmm. I don't get those times with them? And I think not so much as a middle child, but I think every single kid feels in some way, shape or form that their their sibling has a better relationship or a different relationship than what they have with their parents. Mm -hmm. But to be frank... It is not that uncommon for middle children to kind of be the forgotten one, not intentionally, but it's just kind of the circumstantial. We're trying to progress the oldest. We're trying to keep the little one moving, which what do we end up forgetting? We have one in the middle who is confused, lost, and feels like no one's paying attention to them unless they act out. Mm -hmm. But again, I had amazing parents. They are wonderful. I have a good relationship with both of them. Like, like Corey, I never felt I couldn't talk to either one of my parents. But even now as an adult, I know that when I'm with all of my family, I am the one in the awkward position because I can either be the older sibling or the baby in the situation, but I can't be both at the same time. And so then it's just this weird amalgamation of, I guess I'll just sit here and wait till I'm told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, I can't remember what she says. Oh, middle, middle pause. That yeah. That's what Corey's going through is middle pause. And it's just, it's something Corey is going to have to deal with his whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are times where, you know, she, she points out that, you know, this week, Eric uh, wants a need, wants a car or, you know, Morgan's going to need this or Alan, I think, uh, brought it up that, uh, we, we let them outnumber us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I, I do like that immediately you have Amy and Alan going to the kitchen, getting away from all three kids to say, we have to talk about this because we have to figure mm -hmm. out how we're going to go forward. Because yep. I think Alan's immediate response is almost that stereotypical of like, do you have any idea how hard we work? Do you have any idea how difficult this is? Do you know how much time I give to you? Mm -hmm. Like... That's not fair for you to do that to your your mother and I. And Amy's kind of like, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I will say that I know we're waiting on an episode to come up, but I love that we get an episode where we get a full blown. Alan is angry and Alan is very angry. One of his children. And he's just waiting for <laughs> to be let off the leash and unleash up on his child. <laughs> oh, yes. I can't wait for that episode. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Anyway, we're fifty minutes in, or fifteen minutes into recording. We probably need to get moving. So anyway, uh, we go into the cafeteria the next day. Corey and Minkus are having their moment. Uh, Corey is 
Minkus is just so excited to have been on the mm-hmm. bench and to have been with Jocks. Corey, meanwhile, no. Minkus Abdul-Jabbar is pumped is what I have in my notes <laughs> while Corey arches his eyebrow. <laughs> And uh, all credit to Sean and, and Harris. They come in with a Sports Illustrated article for Corey to read about sports stars who sat on the bench before getting their big break, like Steve Young, uh, mm-hmm. to, to try and encourage Corey and cheer him up. I do have deep dive about Steve Young, by the way. Let's hear it. I So I, I did take a shot at looking for that specific uh, article in question slash uh, version and they mm-hmm. actually do have a good catalog of this is the the edition per month but I couldn't find it I didn't have enough time but Steve Young uh, famous quarterback uh, won the Heisman Trophy in 1983 and he famously went to the USFL for the second season uh, had both one of the worst games ever and also one of the best games ever so fun mm-hmm. stuff uh, he went and played for Tampa for a year where he absolutely stunk on a really bad team, got traded to the 49ers where he did sit uh, for three ish, four years. Um, and then in 1991, uh, he got the chance to lead the team. Uh, Joe Montana left the team. And then in 1992, he won MVP. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things the article was about how even though Steve Young sat on the bench for a while, he eventually became MVP. So even if you sit on the bench, hey, kid, you still have a chance of you know being an MVP like Steve Young someday. Because that's half of Sports Illustrated uh, you know, things is about how, hey, kid, even, even famous MVP quarterbacks get benched sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, and then in 1994, 1995, he did win a Super Bowl. So there is that. That's yeah. later on. They don't know about that yet. Oh, no, they don't. They have no clue about that yet. It also helped that he had one of the best wide receivers ever to play the game. So, you know, that was that uh, Terrell Owens fellow, wasn't it? <laughs> I feel like. Yes, I feel like yes, he... I know it's Jerry Rice. <laughs> Well, he did have T.O. at the end of his career, but he wasn't the T.O. that he became after he retired. Uh, anyway, so Corey gets excited and he stands up and he's going to, you know, he's going to show his stuff and rips open his shirt and he's got his uniform on underneath and coach comes up, walking behind and says, why are you suited up? Second stream doesn't go to away games. That's just yeah. such a deflating moment. And uh, we finally get to see Coach's face. Coach is played by Hugh Dane, uh, who passed away in 2018. Uh, He had Mm. 51 acting credits during his career, including The Fresh Prince, Hang With Mr. Cooper, Sister Sister, Monk, showed up on Girl Meets World once. And the role I am most familiar with him as, Hank the Security Guard from The Office. Aw, Hank. I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. But, you know, like... That's my other problem, though, with this episode is he only gets so many lines and Mm -hmm. like it's like he's there to be a buzzkill. And we're not seeing times in practice where he's being probably encouraging and wanting the best out of his players. Being like, hey, guys, remember, only first string, blah, 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 blah. And then the season's like, Matthews, I told you, you're you're not on first string. You're not going. (laughs) 
And <laughs> the speaking. only interaction we see with, with him in with any of the the players is this moment. <laughs> well, uh, you know, being a person who has coached youth sports, it doesn't feel good when you're yelling at a child and saying, I told you to do this thing and I told you multiple <laughs> times and you still did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> no. So Corey is just deflated, dejected, uh, any other D prefixed sad emotion you can come up he's with. He's down on his luck. He is. He's down in the dumps. Depressed. Uh, he goes home, watches TV until dinner time, sees uh, Mr. Feeney. 624, you mean? Yeah, man. He's got. He's on a schedule. Come on, Mom. Uh, Very wonders, specific time. Yeah. Wonders when he's going to, what he's going to, you know, where's he going to get his food? Sees Mr. Feeney grilling out in the back or side yard, whatever it is. Hatches a scheme, calls Mr. Feeney, gets him to run away from the grill. What, 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 what does he call him on, Brett? A cordless phone. Yeah, but using the landline. Mm-hmm. Thus, you can't answer the, the landline outside. You got to go inside to answer exactly. it. You, Mr. Feeney doesn't yeah. have this newfangled cell phone. Well, also, A teacher just, couldn't afford the, that. <laughs> this is just hitting me, but I don't think we ever see Feeney on the phone outside ever because... Mm-mm. The technology at this time did exist that you could have a phone that if you walked outside a few steps, you could still talk like. Oh, yes. As, as time progressed, you could go further. Like I remember as a kid walking all the way up to my neighbor's house, handing the phone to my mom and saying someone called and it worked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like at this time, you still could walk out. I think Feeney just has a cordless phone. He's probably had it for decades. Mm, very possible. He just doesn't want to talk outside. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, so. Maybe it's one of those uh, roller ones. Oh, the rotary phone? Yeah, could be. Yeah. Feeney seems like the type of guy that have a rotary phone. Oh, I'm sure Feeney has a rotary phone. Those phones are fun. Maybe we'll those. see it when uh, we get to B&B's B&B. Ooh. We'll have to watch. We'll have to look that's at the a, background that, for that one. That's a homework assignment. We got to look that up. <laughs> so... Uh, Corey hops a fence, takes the chicken, and gets busted. Uh, Mr. Feeney sees that he's uh, stolen his f- dinner. He's trying to bury it to hide the evidence. You know, he's burying a hamster that Mr. Feeney observes. He's basted with barbecue sauce. And mm-hmm. uh, we have this very interesting uh, conversation over the fence between the two. Nobody's in my house. My family's abandoned me. Is that so? Why would they do something like that? Maybe because I only made second string and they were ashamed of me. You think that's what happened, huh? That's why I'm trying to survive on my own. I mean, Mm. I saw your chicken cooking and the voice of Chuck Darwin whispered in my ear, just do it. (laughs) Survival of the fittest, Mr. Feeney. You taught me that. In the first place, Mr. Matthews, Snatching a chicken from a grill is hardly chasing down and spearing a mastodon. And in the second place, your family didn't abandon you. They went to your basketball game. My family went to my game? Why? One would assume that they wanted to watch you play. 
I told him second string doesn't get to play. We just sit on the bench and rot. Well, then one would assume that they went to watch you rot. My family drove all the way to Cheltenham to watch me sit on the bench? Yes, Mr. Matthews, they did. Why would they do that? Well, perhaps if you kept listening to the voice of Chuck Darwin, he might have told you that the highest form of evolution is a family of human beings who genuinely care for each other. What if it seems like sometimes they don't care? Sometimes you have to give your family the benefit of the doubt. That's part of your personal evolution. Do you know what happens to you if you stop evolving? I end up like this guy? More or less. Mr. Freeney, we got a situation here. I need you to drive me to the game. I need to drive me to a restaurant. You buried my dinner, remember? I'm sorry about your chicken. Mm. Drive me to the game, and I'll buy you a couple corn dogs. Tempting, but no. Please, Mr. Finney, my family's finally there for me. I need to be there for me, for them. <laughs> oh, have some dignity, man. My car's out front. Oh, Mr. Feeney, good on you. Mm-hmm. Even though, <laughs> even though you let yourself be manipulated there. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's just his good heartedness. He was going to give him a ride, probably regardless. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was. And I think I don't know the the way that they kind of establish is that Mr. Feeney kind of is that neighbor that watches over the Matthews's. So I think Feeney knew Corey was there. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew Alan Amy wasn't, so he was keeping an eye on things. Um, for the record, uh, chatting him is about 30 minutes away from downtown Philadelphia. Mm. So it's a place there. Who knows where in reference, you know, their little community is. But, you know, it's not that unreasonable that, You'd have to drive a half hour for a game, especially if you're playing, you know, different areas, not just your. Yeah, I mean, back in your football playing days, it wasn't uncommon for you guys to travel half hour, 45 minutes for uh, a matchup, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get into. I've I've done talking about sports at this point. The 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 main point that I was trying to make, it's possible you could get there. My main concern is just what time is this game? Yeah. Because, you know, youth sports do not last that long. So what happened and why are people there for the longest time? I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I have to move forward. So deep dive time. <laughs> I'm going a little crazy, guess. I'm sorry. Uh, Charles Darwin was born February of 1809 and passed away in April 1882. Uh, He was an English naturalist, geologist, and biologist, and most famously, basically the father of the evolution theory. His uh, theories was stoked by his trip to the Galapagos Islands, where he observed and, and came up with the theory of evolution, survival of the fittest. The problem is, is that people take this even further. It is just a theory, dear viewers, and it is up for discussion. I don't mind that that Feeney uses this as a teaching point for Corey about, you know, hey, you have to keep trying or nature says you're going to get eaten alive. There's nothing wrong with that. 
the main problem is that what class is he teaching? <laughs> Usually we have a pretty good handle on it, but I have no clue what class this was. My best guess is just a science class of some sort. Can I just say this is probably the weakest written episode thus far. <laughs> like nothing makes sense. And all it does is frustrate Tyler. <laughs> Oh, so the family comes home and it's a uh, big hero time because uh, we mentioned earlier three first stringers fouled out and Corey got to go in, uh, put up three baskets in the last minute, even though the team was up already by 31 points. And uh, everyone wants to give Corey some love, even Morgan. Must you kiss me? Uh, Morgan wants Corey to be the one to tell him uh, or tell her uh, bedtime story. And Alan uh, is actually more focused on the good job he did while at home during the afternoon when no one was home, uh, not just the basketball game. I really like uh, how they choose to close this out uh, before Corey almost tells Alan and Amy that they're good parents before he ruins the moment. Mm -hmm. There's nobody in this family that's going to be disappointed by you being second string, third string, or no string, as long as you try the best you can. We're only disappointed when you don't tell us if something's bothering you. Well, I tried, but nobody was listening. You want to know who's in my room telling me a story? Nobody. <laughs> Come on, honey, you have to wait a minute. We're talking with Corey. Well, look, Corey, you're going to have to make me listen. How? Just grab my face and say, hey, Dad, listen to me. As long as you got my face, you got my attention. I've actually done that with my kids a few times. Not mm -hmm. specifically, you've got my face, you got my attention, but I've, I've grabbed my kids by the face a few times just to make sure that we're seeing eye to eye. Mm -hmm. Literally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But uh, I, I really like it. It's, it's simple. We, we love you, and no one's not going to ever not be here for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you're, you're one of five in the house. Sometimes there's just a lot of noise, and you've got to make sure we hear you. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's simple. I like it. We, we kind of established that we'll just grab each other's faces you know, the three of us and just at any point, we'll just get deep in each other. I'd be like, I love you. I need <laughs> you to hear me. Mm -hmm. I am here for you and I support you. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? No. <laughs> <laughs> and as I mentioned, uh, Corey says, you know, I've uh, you know, been, I've been to a lot of other friends' houses, been around a lot of parents, and, you know, I know how to tell the good from the bad ones. And he almost lets them know they're the good ones, but then he ruins it. I mean, what do you want from me? <laughs> and we wrap everything up at school with Corey telling Sean, Minkus, and Harris about Mr. Feeney driving like a maniac to get him to the game. They don't believe him, but apparently coach raced Mr. Feeney to school this morning and Mr. Feeney beat him and he wears driving gloves and shades when he drives to school. Yeah, that doesn't... I, I get the bit. And even if he was a hardcore racer, you'd think he would leave that in his glove box. But hey, it's Feeney. Yeah, but... Hey, you snooze, that is, you lose. <laughs> you snooze, you lose. <laughs> yeah, because Coach wants to make an excuse about a stoplight. And that is the B-team of life. Ah, <laughs> 
Tyler's Ow. favorite Ow. episode. Surprise-a-rama! You scum! So, Tyler, what did you learn from this episode? <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean... Uh, part of the problem is we spent a lot of time with Corey. And he spends a lot of time on his own outside of the specific times that Feeney's teaching him. Uh, and so I think for me as a dad, uh, I look to the moment at the end when, you know, they're trying to make it clear of, hey, we are talking with Corey. Our focus is on him. You're going to have to wait. You know, it's just one of those things that as a parent you have to do when you have multiple children is you have to make sure your kid understands that, no, it's not your turn. It's their turn. And then it'll be your turn. Mm -hmm. I mean, we deal with this in the car where my son feels he has to talk to my wife the whole time. And it's like, no, I am talking to mommy. We are talking (laughs) about something important. You have to wait. Yeah, said that before, too. (laughs) <laughs> what uh, what do you learn, Brett? Well, I'm going to go back to uh, Alan. You got my face. You got my attention. Uh, we've got three kids of our own. So there's five of us in the house, two teenagers, a lot of people vying for attention. Three fam- dogs, one cat. Uh, yeah, but they don't talk in English, so I'm not so worried about them. But in a family that has that many voices, it often takes effort to make sure they all get heard. So if, if you need to grab a face... Grab a face. Mm-hmm. If you were to give this episode a grade, well, not if, you're going to give this episode a grade. They spelled A with a B. What grade do you give the B team of life? So what I'm going to say is this. If this episode had aired in, in the way it was shot and it actually came before, when it was probably intended to, I think I would be much nicer to this episode. But this episode it's going backwards because we're going back to who these characters were in the first couple episodes. You know, last episode, Eric made a big deal about, hey, sixth graders, you're a little kid, you know, don't don't have interest in me when he's walking away going, those sixth graders are all over me. They thought I was so cool. It's kind of gross. <laughs> and then just Sean kind of, Stitches, Corey, kind of. And for some reason, we're not we're having the three friendship again out of nowhere. So um, I oh boy, the grades I'm giving to this episode and it pains me is a D plus. Speaking of fertilizer, <laughs> I don't have a choice. Uh, I I do have a choice, but I I can't. I have to be honest. This is the worst episode we've done so far (laughs) from my vantage point. I don't take as much into account. I just looked at the episode in and of itself. But looking at everything, I'm going to give it a C minus. Now I'll give it a full C. Simply because with three kids in the house, I can see a lot of Corey in a couple of my kids right now. And I can see a lot of how Kelly and I wrestle with making sure all of our kids are heard and seen in how Alan and Amy are handling 
uh, Corey and Sh- uh, uh, Eric and Morgan. And so just being able to relate to that and seeing, being encouraged and all that and getting to see Hank, the security guard, one more time, took it from a C minus to a C. I mean, that's fair. I just, this is an episode I skip. You are so predictable. Yeah, I agree. I just, yeah, this may be the I'm worst saying. grade I give. <laughs> That's a so. shock. If I go to a D minus, I'm going to be real upset or even an F. <laughs> oh, gosh, if we hit F territory. It's going to be a bad day for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler, before we leave and uh, let you get away from all of the beauty of this uh, wonderful game, uh, this wonderful episode and all of the vast emotional damage that it dealt you. (laughs) I do have a dad joke to brighten your evening. Okay. Hit me with it. My son asked me, do trees poop? I told him, where do you think number two pencils come from? (laughs) So dumb. Yes. So, good-looking people out there, we enjoyed looking at this episode with you, and we'll enjoy looking at the next one with you, where Tyler won't be quite as snippy. I don't know. I may still be snippy next week. <laughs> he might be, but he's hosting, so we'll we'll have fun with it anyway. Yeah, exactly. But, but Tyler, why don't you uh, tell the good-looking people where they can find us online? Well, Brett, you can always find us basically on every single social media platform. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email us at dazmeatworld at gmail.com. And uh, I think they could find some merch from us as well if they're interested. That's right. Dadsmeatworld.threadless.com. Shirts, stickers, buttons, mugs, all kinds of swag. And... Tyler, did you tell them where they can find you personally? Where they can stalk oh. you online? Well, if you really, really want to see me or to talk to me, you can always go to Twitter at uh, Tyler Volk on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter or uh, Instagram, probably more likely on Instagram, at Dr. Headley Art. So, uh, until next time, good-looking people, we'll see you good-looking. See you good-looking. You Find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. This is a production of Head First Studios. <laughs> Head First, tell your stories. <laughs> you know what I sounded like in this episode? The crotchety old man who says, get off my lawn. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> how it felt like sounded. Like, hey, that's not basketball the way I had basketball as a kid. Go away. <laughs>